Look, I, I, I don't have a lot of time right now, and this is not maybe the best way to give this information to you, but I am one of, if not both of, uh, your biological parents. So I don't have money for child support or you support. Um, but what I can offer is some Patreon shoutouts. In reverse alphabetical order this time, Zach, V. Dion, Stephen Mayfield, Steph, Spence, Sammy V, Pilnock, Niall Glover, Nez, Nene12715, Nancy Konek, shoutout Cam's mom, Matt, aka Stormageddon, Kyle Hatfield, Kirby's Creeper, Hanakim, Effin Science Man, Ezra, Emphatic Olive, Emo Seal, Emma the Seance, Emily Lyon, Domino RBG, Doc Rubente, Colleen Humphreys, Charlotte Ellis, Casual Colleen, Ben Krieger, Andrew Albers, and Alice Montgomery. So yeah, that's it. Um, I birthed you or supplied the birth juice for you. If you want to, you know, send me Christmas cards now that I'm one of your biological parents. Um, all you got to do is just draw a skull on the envelope and throw it up in the air and a crow will catch it and bring it to me. And there had better be a McDonald's gift card in there. Or you know what? You're out of the fucking will, dude. Anyway, uh, speaking of will, listen to this podcast, will you? Good morning, friends, and welcome to Hamburglore, the show where we explore the weird characters in history used to sell you food and other garbage. I'm your host, Cam Koenig. And I'm Nathan. <laughs> I couldn't wow. come up with a bit in time. You know? <laughs> Great. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, today, we're joined by our good, good pal, Niall. Hello, Niall. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going. How are you? We're we're good. We're good. We're hanging out with Niall. I don't yeah. know if you've met her. She rules. Pretty cool. <laughs> she's like, she's like. Um, so Niall, something that we ask everybody on the show, and this is the first time you get to answer this on the show. Um, what's your favorite fast food item? Yeah. So I'm going to answer this in two parts, even though you didn't ask me to do that. That's fine. Um, do what you got to do. Part one, I'm going to answer it pre-vegan, what my answer sure. would have been. Sure. Part two, what my current vegan answer would be. What your um, current shame is. <laughs> yes. So pre-vegan, and this is like, you either love this or hate this when I say this. Mm -hmm. My number one go-to, like, deepest, darkest fast food desire, I'm drunk, it's 2 a.m., I'm in the McDonald's drive-thru, I'm ordering a filet of fish Hell yeah. You can't stop me. Oh Hell my yeah. god. That's, okay. <laughs> that was me. That was, that was my, my darkness. I wear it with pride. I am like weirdly defensive of the fillet of fish. Me too. Yes, you are. It is like way it's way wow. better than it should be, but it's still not as good as it needs to be, you know? It's not as good as you think it is. Even You're right. You it, feels, admit that. it feels like a secret that people don't yeah. know about because they're like McDonald's fish. They right. they couldn't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> the secret menu. <laughs> You know they got a square of fish in there and they put half a slice of cheese on that bitch. I can't tell you how many times in my like seven years of being vegan that I have veganized the fillet of fish. 
Uh, I believe that. It's incredible. Yeah. I do it You're all the time. You're just chasing that high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm chasing. I'm chasing the fillet fish. Dude, you get those. You get those Gardein little fillet triangles oh, or whatever the you hell. Know. Oh, you know. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> the ones dude. that like for the first year that they were out, I couldn't and wouldn't eat because they tasted too fishy. But now yes, I'm like, exactly. yeah, hell yeah. yeah. The vegan fear of like, uh oh, I'm gonna have diarrhea probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but so my now answer as a vegan, yes. unable to eat a filet of fish at 2 a.m. when I'm drunk. Um, you can do it once. <laughs> you can do it once and fucking die. Um, my now answer would be any variety of like vegan chicken, uh, chicken sandwich. Okay, great. Yeah. Chicken nuggets. If you've got a vegan chicken nugget and you're a fast food joint, I'm there. I don't, sure. yeah. I don't care who you are, what you are. So do you... Do you do you say vegan chicken or do you say like chicken or chicken or like <laughs> oh, it's such like a, it's such a nightmare anytime like yeah. if you're not going to an all vegan place they've probably yeah. made like we have a vegan chicken nuggets but we put a slice of cheese on it to make it hard to order and mm -hmm. you got to be like I want the vegan chicken without the cheese and then they're like it doesn't come with cheese and I'm like I'm looking at it it says it comes with cheese and they're like <laughs> We're not going to put cheese on it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then I get it. There's fucking like they did two slices. Yeah, no, the the <laughs> my girlfriend and I ordered food uh, yesterday and in their meatless area of their menu was shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> not even a vegan like shrimp version or anything that happens all the time. I would stab somebody that I know very close in the heart to get like a, a fucking shrimp equivalent now. Yeah, like, yeah, give yeah. me like sure. vegan lobster. I would love that. Yeah. But hey, no. Heart of Palm, if you ever want to make uh, That's true. shrimp, Heart of Palm makes pretty good vegan shrimp. Shit. But yeah, anyway. all the time I'll be like, I'm vegan and people will be like, mm, fish then? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely wild. Like... I, I never understood that. Like I am, I am not like vegan or vegetarian or like anything. Mm -hmm. And like, you're something cam. Don't thank you. Thank you. Sell yourself short. We still let you be here. It's so wild to me that people do not understand either of those because it is so easy to grasp, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just like, yeah. okay, no animal products. Okay, cool. I can work within that. Or like vegetarian, <laughs> even people are like, okay, so you're a vegetarian. You want some cod? Like, I got Chicken some cod, cod dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, it's so fucking funny every time. There's it's like, a ah. scene in my big fat Greek wedding, uh, okay, top 10 yeah. movie, by the way, incredible movie. Sure, yeah. Where they bring home, like, she brings home her new boyfriend, and he's a vegetarian. And her, like, aunt or whatever is like, oh, vegetarian? I'll make lamb. And everyone, like, cracks up. And it's like, <laughs> it's a good my joke. favorite, because it happens to me yeah. all the time. No, absolutely. <laughs> Well, oh, speaking of lamb, uh, today, this is this is one of those reports where I just wanted to learn about something and I'm sharing the knowledge that I have learned today. OK, today I wanted to learn about that one who's always got me, you know, always there for me when no one else is the one who Jesus Christ basically. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> We did get here from lamb somehow. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Do you um, know who really's got the blood of the lamb? Yeah. <laughs> Cam just turned Sac his seat around and sat down like a youth pastor. Uh, Hamburg lore, it's sacrilegious. There was, there was, this is not related. There was a really good tweet going around last week of just youth pastor voice. Do you know who else got arrested a week before Easter? <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, uh, 
I want to give a shout out to that one thing responsible for that college degree that I don't use. Today, we're going to talk about instant ramen. Oh, baby. oh shit. That's just good. That's my report. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the year is 1933. Oh, uh, I'm way off. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> Mine says what, 2023? I'm going to go ahead and preface a lot of this report by saying I do not speak Japanese. I'm going to fuck up these pronunciations. Bear with me here, please. Uh, the year is 1933. Taiwanese-born Ando Momofuku moved to uh, Osaka. Uh, war-torn is probably the best way to kind of describe how things are going over there at this point. There's just a lot of shit going on. Things are very bad. Um, there is like a humanitarian effort from the United States where they donated a bunch of wheat flour over to Japan for the purpose of making bread which uh, in the most American thing I can think of, they didn't really eat a lot of bread. No, yeah. Um, yeah, bread was just not super common in the Japanese diet at the time. And so people were taking this like wheat flour and making noodles out of them because like, right, what else are you going to do? They right. do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but like it was wild. It was like this wild fucking like everything, you know, war and shit everywhere like it was like this black market of people lining up to buy like fresh noodles i get it yeah it's it's such an american thing to just be like what do you guys eat over there yeah um i don't know we'll just give you a bunch of stuff for bread you can have bread yeah and like <laughs> the japanese people are like well we like bread enough but like yeah, we don't really eat that dog we, like yeah like we uh what what about at like yeah uh, <laughs> so uh Ando seeing this, he wanted to make things kind of easier on the population. You know, people were kind of struggling to get by largely. Yeah. And so he built a shed in his backyard and turned it into like a food lab, like a laboratory trying to like solve this problem. Right. Jimmy Dutron. He's working on shit for I do say the word brain blast in this report. Um, <laughs> uh, he wanted to make things kind of easier on everybody. He built this lab um, and he's just kind of plugging away at it. He starts up a company called uh nissan foods or i don't think i'm pronouncing that right but they're like nathan yeah nathan <laughs> right they're like a huge huge company in japan to this day um but mm -hmm. 1958 once we kind of get there uh he's still trying to figure out ways to kind of make a lot of that stuff be like a little bit more like less perishable keep that stuff a little bit better he sees his wife uh frying up some tempura and notices like, oh, shit, like the oil is, you know, like drying that stuff out. And then he like takes it and he like is like, OK, you can like do some stuff. So if he like fried and like dried out some noodles, then, you know, you mm. could boil them. And then okay. that like gets the moisture back into them. Right. You know, you throw some fucking dehydrated toppings and shit on there. You got some seasonings in there. That's a goddamn meal, my guy. Yeah, throw some dice in there, call it uh call it carrots. It's fine. You're damn right. <laughs> um so that's just a D6, dude. <laughs> he created um the thing that is like branded uh chicken ramen. It's C-H-I-K-I-N ramen, which is as far as I know, still around. Um the first flavor was chicken because chicken soup has just, you know, a reputation of being this like very like nutritious, like almost healing kind of meal, but yeah. also it's a very American thing. 
um, which mm. was very important to how a lot of Japanese businesses thought at the time, mm. like around getting into like the post-war era. If you were not successful in America, then your business was like not the shit, you know? Okay. Um, here's something interesting to think about. Uh, that I thought was really wild. Uh, back then, the chicken ramen had a lot of trouble finding investors because it was really expensive to make. <laughs> wow. Um, it reportedly cost... That's famously known for. Right, right. Uh, reportedly, it cost six times that of a bowl of fresh noodles to manufacture. Uh, the champagne of noodles. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the Rolls Royce of wait, noodles. It straight up was a luxury item for a bit of time. But it's like worse. Yeah. Convenience is expensive. I've often told my clients this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, nobody would really kind of go in on an investment because there's like, why the fuck are you just doing what we're already doing, but kind of worse? And it's worth <laughs> and it costs a lot more money to make. Like literally no investor is going to take that offer. If yeah, they did, they wants... probably don't have money to begin with. Anybody want to buy my uh, $100 plastic hamburger to eat yeah. instead of burgers? <laughs> it's like whenever a competing ISP in my area calls me and it was just like, hey, you should switch over to our service. I'm like, all right, what do you got? And they're just like, it's going to be slower and more expensive. I'm like, I'm, I'm good, bud. Thanks. You drive a hard bargain. Yeah, but I'm out, right. Actually. <laughs> um, so because of that, he couldn't really land any investors. So what he decided to do instead, which I think was actually brilliant, was being like, no, this shit actually whips ass. Y'all are wrong. I'm just going to hold a bunch of tasting events just across Japan and just get the food out to the public. Oh, to be at a instant ramen tasting event. Right. But like, what a dream. You're not lying. But like in like the early 60s, the shit is completely unheard of, right? They're like, you got to spit the noodles out into a little cup so you don't get <laughs> yeah. too noodle drunk. Yeah. Uh, and so like because of that, like almost like grassroots style marketing, it's now basically one of the more prevalent foods in Japan, period. It kind of never stopped being the hugest shit of all time. I love that they were just like, oh, man, my business is going to fail. And then they turned around and said, no, it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to make sure everyone loves it. And now it's in Final Fantasy 15. Exactly. <laughs> my the the original idea for this report was finding out what Cup Noodle had done weird sponsorships with. But that was just uh -huh. a lot less interesting to me than how it got actually made. Right. Um, but, you know, shout out Final Fantasy 15, I guess. Um, so. We had that first, like, kind of aha moment whenever he was watching his wife, you know, make the tempura. Brain blast number two for this gentleman <laughs> occurred in the year 1966, where uh, he wanted to start marketing his product that he had uh, to, like, overseas. He went to America to try and do some marketing there. And mm -hmm. he noticed that, uh, and again, the most American fashion, uh, we eat weird. Um, so he it's noticed true. he noticed that instead of, you know, them cooking it in a pot, eating it in a bowl, we would just break that shit apart and just put it in a cup and pour some boiling water on it. And he's just like, oh, shit, they're heating them up in some sort of like cup. <laughs> Noodle. 
<laughs> I thought you were about to talk about the like for real freaks. I don't know if y'all do this or have ever seen this, but the people who just like take it out and eat that shit dry. Mm. Maybe they'll sprinkle the powder onto it and just eat it dry. See, I, I can understand eating it dry as like a little like go to you know, oh, okay all right great yeah, uh, yeah. Tur- tur- go to turbo i hell. can understand it from like a almost like eating a bag of chips type thing no but like sprinkling the seasoning on there is kind of where you lose me it's not like eating a bag of chips you're right it's like eating dry instant ramen <laughs> it's almost like that yeah it's like eating the thing that you could have cooked in like under a minute right dry yeah yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, no, if you're doing that, stop, get help immediately. Um, kissing a dry rominer is like <laughs> licking an ashtray. Don't do it. Oh my God. Just say no. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got too heated there. I flew off the handle at you, Cam. Please continue. That's okay. Okay. No, Cam deserves to be chastised for saying <laughs> that he understands a, a foul, a foul group of humans. Um, <laughs> We'll 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 touch back on uh, the term foul once we get later into this report. Um, oh no! So uh, Nissan Foods, which is Ando's company, took this knowledge and created you know the plastic foam cup of instant noodles that we know today, cup noodle. Um, the the cup and the like pullback lid type like design or whatever uh, were inspired by containers of macadamia nuts that the founder would eat on like transatlantic flights, which I think is super interesting. Um, everything about it is like, cause it is a lot, it is more expensive to like create and manufacture like a cup noodle than it is like, you know, bricks of ramen. Right. Sure. Right. And he, like the design of everything comes down to like wanting it to feel like a premium product, even though like nobody thinks it is right. Right. They fucked Um, up then yeah if if you look at like if you think of like a cup noodle like cup noodle brand fucking instant ramen thing like if you picture that in your head it's got the like fucking like gold like border on the top and bottom to make it look like fine china like the the giant lettering is like big and evocative in this like very fancy font like they're like really going for something here which is super interesting because none of us have ever i think in our entire lives thought of this as like an expensive luxury product yeah no well the best thing they ever did to make it feel like a luxury is also have the like 25 cent brick of ramen yeah so like you know when you're when you're there and you're like let's treat ourselves let's like splurge a little let's just get it in the cup yeah yeah totally then it feels premium yeah yeah uh they're trying to bring like an old world charm to this like mm-hmm. new invention to sell it to the masses totally. and yeah. like obviously that fucking hello work oh yeah oh my god like cup noodle is one of the biggest brands like i think of people our age like it's just something that like you look at you're like oh yeah fucking cup noodle hell yeah like it's just everybody mm-hmm. fucking knows it it's insane there is not even their only brand yeah they have cup noodles. so much um yeah i did find a a little slideshow we're going to be going through of uh, wild oh. and weird cup noodle flavors um, <laughs> that just exist that I think are cool because they like specialize to different countries, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, um, but they like had to do a lot of like. Almost like societal level work 
to get this yeah. shit off the ground because uh it is and i'm not like a expert on japanese culture i am purely just going off of what i'm reading well you do have an anime podcast i do um <laughs> it is it from my understanding it is seen like relatively disrespectful to be like walking and eating in like japanese culture especially if you're like on the go somewhere um and so like they're like yeah it's like also fucking impossible to do with chopsticks you know and so like they like a lot of cup noodle stuff in japan comes bundled with a little tiny plastic fork on the lid because they're just like mm. all right you use this to eat it instead now right um there's like it, it it was something that was like you know put in front of like some young people and like working class people it's like a oh it's like a meal in a cup kind of a thing and they like fucking went gangbusters and shit like that it's like super interesting stuff um that I read quite a bit into uh, to the point where I forgot to write a lot of it down because I was just too busy <laughs> enjoying reading it. There's like a giant fucking cup noodles museum in Japan where yeah. like you can go through and make your own custom flavor as part of like the yep. exhibits, which are super cool. Um, I can did, I just say please shout out to the cup noodle people, because if it was me, if I was the one trying to get these noodles off the ground, the moment you were like, we can do it. It's going to take some societal work. I would have mm. been like, I'm fucking out. Yeah. Like, I give up. <laughs> this country just had two nuclear bombs dropped on mm. it. Mm. And these, these cups. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. They persevered. Kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind yeah. of wild to me to think about like culturally how it's just like how crazy it is that that's not even something that ever occurred to him until he saw us just being fucking like, all right, brr, brr, you know, just throwing mm -hmm. that shit in the cup. Um, I have a couple of commercials I would like to watch with y'all um, okay, for cup yeah. noodle specifically. So this first one is a 1992 commercial featuring the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, they did a lot of advertising like of the like, you know, like what you think of Japanese, like traditional, like fucking television advertising where they get really really popular american celebrities you know because they're like trying to appeal to that like want to be american right mm -hmm. i want to say that if this commercial ends or includes a scene of somebody putting a cloak on him the same way that you would put the, the top back down on the ramen cup mm -hmm. i win okay i have already <laughs> seen this and i think you lose but damn it <laughs> here we go that's see you guys fucked up Yo, can you drop the SoundCloud for that? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw the link in here. Uh, so that one's good. Um, and then additionally, we have this one uh, hosted by Yoda. Oh, of Star Wars fame. Oh, baby. Uh, this one is a much more uh, modern one. Uh, I just think it's great. Yeah, because Yoda's in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is the future. Feeling is your own power. You must. They get fucking Asian Kung Fu generation to do the song on this shit? May the force be with Japan. Boy, Japan. 
That was 2011. That was 2011. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the like the like I, I love their 40th anniversary logo. That shit's so good. Um mm-hmm. Boil Japan is a wild slogan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does not necessarily have good connotations right in english speaking yeah um <laughs> it sounds like a threat yeah so yeah so i wanted to i found this uh well audrey actually found this and sent it to me of uh this uh, refinery 29 article that's like a clickbaity type thing basically saying sure. no fair alert ramen flavors we're missing out on i just wanted okay. to go through a few of them um yes. there is uh i'm just going to basically read them off and then I'm just going to like, I just want you guys to tell me whether or not you would eat it. Smash or pass. Smash or pass. We sound the no fair alert. Yeah. If it's yeah. No fair. Yeah. Yeah. Smash okay, or pass. Sure. Ramen edition. No fair or I'm there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the first one is sea salt and olive flavor. I'm there. I fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. I would try that. I would absolutely try that. That mm-hmm. just sounds good. That's um, a premium product. Ratatouille flavor. I'm there. I hate that little mouse. I got to get the rat in my hair to try exactly. it, but I'm yeah. here for it. Absolutely. Get the rat in my hair. <laughs> Boil rats. <laughs> oh, no. um, I'd never heard of this one, and I did make a joke to Audrey earlier. Um, Bagna Cauda, B-A-G-N-A-C-A-U-D-A, not the legal document Magna Carta. Um, yeah, the Bagna Cauda, it, dude. quote, hits the olfactory senses a little harder with its signature anchovy bouquet, squash, and lotus root. You lost me. Yeah. I so I I would assume you know no dietary restrictions involved. Mm-hmm. I would totally smash. Sure. Totally smash. I'm there. Whatever other thing I said, we're doing it. I'm there. Cup noodle cheese curry. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's got like a high skill floor. Yeah, I it think. does. Yeah. <laughs> On that being a good <laughs> cup of noodle. Yeah leave it to now to be like what's the meta game of this company <laughs> i'm really into the idea of calling diff like just interesting foods high skill floor. <laughs> yeah um, it's not an acquired taste pbr has a high skill floor. there is a, a tomato one that is straight up it's just spaghetti yeah motherfucker so you know like it, it's probably better than this the spaghetti i make sure, dude yeah i don't know spaghettios um, on that mm. same note, we have uh, pasta alla vongole, which is pasta with clams. You had me before I, you told me what it meant. Yeah. I was like, that sounds nice. That sounds fancy. Yeah, no, it's pasta with clams. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm skipping that one. I don't know if I'm crazy about the idea of seafood in instant anything, to be honest. No. Yeah. No. Highest I mean, yeah, skill no. floor imaginable. Yeah. Chili tomato, which is just spicy spaghetti. Okay, spicy now spaghetti. I'm back in on the spaghetti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. This, is, this instant ramen is a fusion of traditional Spanish and Japanese flavors with, quote, garlic flavored olive oil and chunky toppings such as shrimp, cabbage, egg and garlic. And it's yeah. pretty spicy, apparently. You said garlic twice in the list. I love it. Yeah, this is uh, I'm just going to post the image of this one because the only word in it in Good. English is just big. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it looks like a very spicy one. Tonka, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's higher. It's it's like the I think it is a it's a uh, red pepper infused tonkatsu. Yes. Ha! I can read a little bit of Japanese yeah. now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that is apparently higher than their uh, that is like above five on their five out of five spicy scale. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm there. 
says five over is what it says. Yes. So it's over five. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it means you have to be five or over to have it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, You're four years old. This shit will turn you into dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a uh, cup noodles wasabi flavor. Oh, no. Mm, I'm not, I'm not risky, into wasabi. Well, actually, is it? I mean, I assume because it's Japanese that it has actual wasabi and not just like green horseradish, which is what we have. Mm -hmm. Like, truly, it's just horseradish. That's why it's tricky. That's why it's tricky. High skill floor. Um, Low skill ceiling, though. It's there's yes. a narrow margin. That's, that's true. That's true. We have a uh, hot and sour uh, Thai soup with shrimp. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We'll check that. Yeah. Plain seafood broth option. Seafood noodle. No. Incorrect. Yeah. I'm not, Incorrect. I'm not good on that. No. The, the, Unfair. Uh, <laughs> the skill ceiling goes below yeah. the floor on that one. Yeah. It's a, it's a paradox. <laughs> There's a skill basement. Um, this is a skill uh being john malkovich office yeah 100 <laughs> percent. uh there's also the uh red spicy seafood one which is just the last one with spice in it well now i'm more into it okay good yeah spice cures all wounds it sure does uh there is also a there's some, like a tonkatsu umami flavor which yes. oh yeah of course and then there's a new one breakfast flavored yes i knew this was coming i knew this was coming um, and i was really hoping that this was going to end with a live on-screen representation i have not tried this yet but it's ready i was gonna ask because i saw this tweet yeah if this was for research purposes if you are going to write off this ramen that you yeah this is tax write-off yeah the, like two dollars <laughs> i spent on it uh premium um product. We ain't paying taxes on that shit. I think I am afraid to try this. I'm more afraid that I will like it. I think I think it's going to be like a McGriddle. So um, get real close to that microphone. And so, give it a try. Yeah, so uh, you can kind of see it in here. It is straight up just like the 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 noodle seasoning is uh, artificially flavored as maple syrup, pancake, sausage and egg. And there was freeze dried sausage and egg in here. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. which i'm not thrilled no. about um describe the smell it smells like if you accidentally spilled maple syrup in a normal thing of cup noodle okay. <laughs> i feel like when i asked you to describe the smell you had to go in to the cup yeah. to get a smell and that already makes me feel like they didn't do it. It smelled a lot stronger when i took it out of the microwave okay um, okay sure, sure okay sure. but i want to make sure that i get a bite with the uh freeze-dried shit in it of course um so all right i guess oh no there's the okay there's the sausage there we're here we yeah, go yeah gotta get the perfect bite uh cheer cheers everybody eat a documents <laughs> yeah it's fine i guess um <laughs> it's like no, Anakin, you were the chosen one. <laughs> the problem is, and I think this is probably the right call. The flavors are not strong enough to really do anything. It's not good enough to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it just like a slightly maple regular cup of noodles? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that seems fine. That seems fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> the most dejected I've ever heard her say. Anything. I would not buy this again, but I'll eat this whole cup. Mm. Like, turns out oh my shitty God. noodles are delicious. That's true, too.
that's true also so yeah there was there was that i think it seems a lot more terrifying than it actually is that is the type of thing i would buy and then never work up the courage to try so yeah. i commend you that would sit in the that would sit in the pantry next to like the weird maple syrups or whatever right. that you were yeah. like oh i'll buy i'll buy whatever or like i'll buy jalapeno jelly great and then you're like oh yeah. no, no. <laughs> i can't tell you how many different cuts of like vegan salmon and stuff i've bought that have just sat in the freezer for like a year because mm -hmm. i'm just like mm -hmm. what the hell what the hell yeah. are you gonna smell mm -hmm. like what the hell mm -hmm. are you gonna taste like yeah just scary i'm afraid of my food is like a big <laughs> vegan vibe yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh that's kind of all i really have um uh I was a little bit anticlimactic. I expected that to be either a lot worse or a lot better than it actually was. So. Yeah, they took the middle road, which is the coward's way. That's out. absolutely the coward's way out. Um, if you're interested, it is a limited edition cup noodle. So, oh, shit, um, I got to go. Yeah, uh, What's the matter, babe? You haven't even touched your limited edition maple syrup cup <laughs> yeah, noodle. Breakfast cup noodle. Um, yeah. Start your day off right. <laughs> <laughs> I... Oh, I don't know if I would actually eat this for breakfast is the thing. Like, this is absolutely a drunk at 3 a.m. thing, I think. I was going to say, shit, you're eating it about five right yeah, now. So please hey, yeah. buy like four of them for the next time you have like a guest and mm. be like, hey, you want me to whip up some breakfast in the morning? And they're like, yeah. And then just like make them one of those. I wonder if I could like pull one over on somebody by cooking this, but then like pouring it onto a plate and like making it look nice. Oh my god. That would be just very like, this funny. This is my Good. mom's breakfast ramen recipe. Exactly. Yeah. Make it yeah. sound emotional, yeah. like it mm -hmm. matters if they don't like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is Nancy's sweet sausage ramen, yeah. okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, on that anticlimactic note, um, we'll go ahead and take a quick break and then come back with uh, whatever Nate has prepared for us this fine eve. All right, we are back. Uh, Nate, go ahead and uh, just um, okay. <laughs> Great. I don't know why in my brain I was like, "You have a chance to 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 pull out here. <laughs> you can you can stop." For some reason, my brain was like, "We could still stop this." <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> A convulsive disorder characterized by violent muscle spasms, vomiting, delusions, hallucinations, crawling sensations on the skin, and a host of other symptoms all stem from the same cause. And I'm not kidding, a real witch's curse. <laughs> a boy tried to strangle his mother. The postman claimed he was shrinking. A man smashed furniture to ward off imaginary beasts. But what do I mean that there's a real curse afoot? This is a scientific show with nothing made up whatsoever. Yeah, literally zero... Uh, pretend at all here right and yet for this report i'm going to be referencing and reading a great article by jonathan jacobson that's just me saying i plagiarized a lot of this <laughs> so, but but hey podcast yeah <laughs> um, it's a different format it's legal yeah um on august 16th 1951 uh, the day started off like any other summer's day in point saint esprit I need to learn how to say that. I'm sorry. I'm taking. It's a French thing. Hold on. Yeah. Fuck the French. Get it wrong on purpose. But like, fuck the French. Am I right? Just message Pelnock. Be like, yeah, honestly. How say this? How how do? Just get her to say it, and then just splice in her saying it. <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Paul Saint Esprit, or 
Holy Spirit Bridge. So I'm going to be saying a lot of the time PSE in 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 reference to this town. OK, yeah. Shout out to Starbucks. It means there was this there was a saint. There was a saint that was on the bridge one time mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So it's a small uh, town in southwestern France. But then at around 10 a.m., a young farmer staggered into the clinic of local physician Dr. Hadar Gabai, mumbling and waving his arms as though we're warding off a swarm of bees. In short order, another neighbor came in also babbling incoherently, and it took a full hour for the physician and two assistants to finally persuade him that snakes were not crawling across his body, (laughs) which is, I feel like, a hard thing to tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got snakes, dude, I got snakes. You don't have snakes. Yes, I do. Also, (laughs) where was their trip sitter during this? That's true. Exactly. Exactly. You have to trip responsibly, everybody. The answer to that is that they were an ocean away. Oh. (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) Um, Kind of. (laughs) By nightfall, the medical team had treated 75 hallucinating residents who sought help. Some 22 were housed in a barn because the local hospital quickly filled up. This was a town of like 4,500 people. Very small town. Outside physicians were called in, but they, like their local counterparts, were dumbfounded by the phenomenon that they had witnessed. My father always said that it was as though the apocalypse suddenly struck the town, says Dr. Bernard Gabay, the youngest of the town's doctor's five children, three of whom all became physicians. It left an impression that stayed with him his whole life. So imagine just like one morning you're just hanging out and then like a not insignificant portion of your town all goes like truly 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 batshit insane yeah that's fucking horrifying like screaming claiming they're on fire they got snakes coming out of them like that's some silent hill shit it is that is exactly yeah. what i forgot to write into this <laughs> but i'm so glad that you remembered Don't worry, is that this Nate, is one I'm f- gamer pilled so <laughs> okay <laughs> okay many patients had to be tied to their bed to prevent them from hurting themselves and others when the nurses ran out of rope that used horses reins nonetheless uh some of those affected managed uh to free themselves from their restraints and join the universal chaos so some people just broke out of the places and were like i'm going crazy out there now everybody goodbye an older woman uh wept as she saw her children being ground into sausages before her eyes that was her claim oh no 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 (laughs) someone needs to sit her down and just be like you're on drugs it's gonna end this isn't forever (laughs) am i am i eating that lady's children oh no <laughs> is this chicken what i have or is this fish <laughs> a woman and her husband chase each other around holding knives and laughing maniacally that's just <laughs> so just thing. like leave them alone that's just yeah they're on their joker harley <laughs> shit <laughs> leave them alone <laughs> you know <laughs> um even local animals went mad a dog for example bit into stones until its teeth broke oh this event's i know <laughs> that's the only thing i'm so i feel bad for in this whole thing people whatever dog tv explodo Nuh-uh, dude. no dude <laughs> this event seems to be incredibly unique right right cam yeah totally no why would you say that when you Fuck. know that this has happened before god damn it but enough of my witch hunt of cam it's time to discuss the salem witch trials yay <laughs> <laughs> In the late 1600s, about 300 years before the uh, the France uh, situation, the Salem Village <laughs> community at the Massachusetts Bay Colony, now Danvers, Massachusetts, was a fairly small and undergoing a period of turmoil 
With little political guidance, there was a social divide between the leading families as well as the split between factions that were for and against the village's new pastor, Samuel Paris. After some young girls of the village, two of them relatives of Paris, started demonstrating strange behaviors and fits, they were urged to identify the person who had bewitched them, their initial accusations gave way to trials, hysteria, and a frenzy that resulted in further accusations, often between differing factions. Not only has mad hysteria occurred in the past, such as the Salem incident, but it is likely that both that and this Saint Point Esprit, uh, I'm so sorry if I'm saying that wrong, the Saint Point Esprit uh, thing, or it might be the same as the Salem witch trials, uh, which is what I'm saying. It is likely they are caused by the same thing, which is, Cam? Uh, uh, limited edition cup noodles, breakfast flavor. <laughs> no. The one pastor that started this, his last name was Paris, and St. Point Esprit is in France. Can't, I can't take you anywhere, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come I'll, be, on. I'll try to be better. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry that for some reason I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roast <laughs> Cam in between the paragraphs. Let me just gaslight the fuck out of Cam. That'll be fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny. Okay. Not everyone who was affected by the French hallucination phenomenon, which is my band name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a great band name. Are you kidding me? Not all of them suffered from it, which is what they would say about my band, I guess. <laughs> Some of them heard heavenly choruses, saw brilliant colors. The world looked beautiful to them. The inexplicable experience um, moved the director of the local farmers cooperative to write hundreds upon hundreds of pages of poetry, which sounds cool until you remember that... <laughs> People that write poetry are fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nate. Eat shit, Shakespeare, fucking Sonnet the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonnet the Hedgehog. That's good. <laughs> Nate has now turned away, turned their sights off of me and onto everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in, in some of these reports, I'm like, reading is stupid. Commit arson. <laughs> That's not even um, remotely how I actually feel. We should, but I we think should, it's good we should just rename this podcast to Catching Strays. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, so the incident lasted several days, and seven residents of Pont Saint Esprit died as a result of their condition. Another remained in psychiatric confinement for months afterwards. Albert Herbrand, who was eight at the time and later became the mayor of the town, was quoted as saying. I saw healthy men and women suddenly become terror-stricken, tearing their bedsheets and hiding under their blankets in fear of the nightmares that were not haunting them. Even today, almost 70 years later, the episode remains one of the most mysterious in French history. So, Cam, what was it? Um, pass. It was a curse. Fucking pay attention. God, I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> indeed, indeed, immediately after the sudden outbreak in that fateful August of 1951, all manner of rumors and theories sprang up about what had caused the madness that gripped the town. Some claimed that someone had run amok and poisoned the locals' drinks and food. There were even those that believed that it was the police that had done it. Which, good, good healthy thing to be like, it's the cops. Sounds the cops right. are doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yet another version blamed a curse put on the town by a local priest. Paris, priest, France, witches, huh? The initial investigation concluded that the cause was the bread consumed by the victims. The preceding winter had been particularly rainy, and the ergot fungus had spread across the country's rye fields. Mm. A group of investigators traced the contaminated flour to the bakery of a man named Roque Briand, where the loaves that were supposedly 
uh, the source of the mass poisoning, were produced. So this is ergot fungus or ergotism, which uh, if you've got a really <laughs> wet winter season, ladies, um, <laughs> you can you can end up with this fungus all over your rye plants and it makes them a little bit discolored but it doesn't make it like whoa there's this has got fungus on it or mm. whatever it's like oh is this kind of like not as colorful as before this is not a new phenomenon though the ergotism fungus some believe that periods of famine during the biblical era in canaan and egypt were caused by the fungus's infection of crops in the middle ages in unusually wet summers the fungus destroyed whole fields of rye uh, when farmers and bakers acting from ignorance or hunger nevertheless made bread from the contaminated grain, many of those who ate it became hallucinatory, behaved bizarrely, or even lost their sanity completely. Uh, a long and well-documented phenomenon in France, it was given the colorful name of St. Anthony's Fire, named after the monks, the Order of St. Anthony, that were particularly successful at treating this ailment. But the name <laughs> the name St. Anthony's Fire does suggest that like the cure is immolation though. yeah that's what i was i was afraid you were about to be like they cured them by setting them on fire yeah they were so good at curing them and just all you just need is a little bit of gasoline that's it. Cure it in a sense that's true right. most things can be cured yeah are they suffering anymore you're welcome five thousand dollars <laughs> Ergotism is still the explanation most accepted for what happened in the French town, as a result of which the episode dubbed The Cursed Bread or Le Pain Maldit. Mm. In 2008, American-born historian Stephen L. Kaplan published a 1,100-page book called Cursed Bread. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> and the Cursed Bread. Like, what the fuck, dude? That's my band name, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so sorry about uh, the, the strays you're catching because of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> times are tough out here for us at Harry Potter and the Cursed Bread. <laughs> <laughs> However, the baker did not deliberately poison his clients in France. He was doing well and people liked his bread, so why would he poison them? Ultimately, because of his because of the suspicions, he had to close down his bakery. Um, his life was completely destroyed after that, but he still lived in the town. To his last day, he remained convinced that ergotism was, in fact, the cause of the whole episode. But who was the party that cursed the bread? It was the United States of America. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. usually true. That's usually true. <laughs> In 2009, American investigative journalist published A Terrible Mistake, a book that addresses the mystery surrounding the death of Frank Olson, a bacteriologist employed by the American military. Which of the Olson twins is that? <laughs> That's the one that played um, Scarlet Bread. <laughs> I was like, brain, do, do a bread joke right now. Scarlet Bread. Scarlet Bread. Good. Send it out. <laughs> um so there was a book about this this guy who worked for the american military that mysteriously died among the many studies olsen took part in was the mk ultra project oh, great baby hello oh, hello everyone <laughs> oh we're doing this now so mk ultra was where the army's biological warfare laboratories conducted experiments in which drugs were used to extract information from prisoners and and captives the experiments were not confined to the united states but were also carried out in canada england morocco iraq vietnam the belgian congo haiti british guiana and 
France. Whoa. Also, MK Ultra is super fucked. Research that shit. It's I, bad. It would take like it would take so many reports on this channel to go through it, but like the American government was just like, what if we gave San Francisco like air herpes and just see what happens? And they did that. Yeah. They like they like released like powdered syphilis or some shit over over fucking Hey, it's, so the people crazy. that were it's... like, the cops did this, fucking nailed it. Mm -hmm. They just got it, like, yeah. in one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, truly, I didn't even put that part of it together. That's hilarious, dude. The American army conducted a number of odd tests even before MK Ultra and the French incident in 1951. Beginning in 1950, under auspices of Project Bluebird, the CIA conducted experiments with drugs such as heroin, opium, mescaline, and LSD, um, in which people knowingly, unknowingly, rather, th that is a critical <laughs> distinction, <Yeah. laughs> people unknowingly consume the substances. The idea was to make the subjects, as per the name of the project, sing like birds. The author of A Terrible Mistake, which is not me in this case <laughs> writing this report, but and the author of A Terrible Mistake. Uh, but no, the author of A Terrible Mistake claims that uh, in the course of his research, he found a CAA document labeled Re Bon Saint-Esprit and F. Olson files, Intel files, hand carry to Bellin, tell him to see that these are buried. And then the rest of it was redacted. Cool. Love that. <laughs> this document goes back to the year before Bon Saint-Esprit. This document was submitted to the Rockefeller Commission, which was established in 1975 to investigate CIA experiments and was headed by David Bellin, presumably to have him cover it up. The document contained the names of French citizens who had been employed secretly by the intelligence organization at a direct reference to a Bon Saint-Esprit incident. It was in the wake of the French event there that the Ol that Olson expressed himself in a way that colleagues took to be anti-American. So basically what happened was like this guy was like, maybe what we did is bad. Hmm. And um, they were like, that doesn't sound very American. And he was interrogated under the influence of LSD and died in 1953. Jeez. Great. Good job, everybody. Love it. Great country we have. So ultimately, it is unknown if the CIA, MKUltra, and the United States are truly responsible for this event. The only links are the LSD-like reactions of the people to ergotism, potentially in cursed bread, and the document about the Bon Saint-Esprit incident. However, why would the USA have a document about disposing of MKUltra research materials after a town of 4,500 experienced these very MKUltra symptoms? In the end, what is most likely here is that the United States made a small town in France Oh, shit, this is Hamburg lore. Uh, uh, crazy bread is made by Little Caesars. <laughs> this concludes all known lore on witches. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that yeah. was really good. I'm really oh. mad about it. <laughs> I had that idea at work and I told my coworker, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to go write something down. <laughs> because I had heard about this, you know, I, I was thinking about doing a Salem Witch Trials episode for forever. Yeah, of course you have. You listen to prog music. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so like, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I want to like talk about these things. And then I heard the point of St. Esprit story and I was like. Oh, there's like bread that made them crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> you actually like pulled me out 
of like this show this recording and then like the second you were like wait this is hamburglar i was like what are you talking about we're all just hanging out (laughs) (laughs) i i i love like that like that is not an emotion that anybody other than like german people probably have a word for but that is my favorite shit of all time it's good (laughs) god i fucking hate you podcast and forget (laughs) it That's it. That's the end. Um, oh. Sometimes uh, we have like pretty definitive proof that uh, the United States made a bunch of people go crazy in France. Yeah. And we just go, no, we didn't. <laughs> That's the end. No. Yeah, I like the part of that where they were like, there's not much to link this to America except for the evidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to definitively link it, no, right? But no, but like, it's like, well, we have like... A lot of court documents that like talk about a lot of the same shit happening. And this is like some straight up like I wouldn't call this like a hick town or anything right. like that. Point St. Esprit. But like 4,500 people at the time, like that's a big deal. I don't know. It seems like a it seems like a pretty prime place to be like, I don't know. What if uh, what if we make a town go crazy? What if, uh, we'll what see what happens there. That. Just like as a as a tree, you want you want some fries for the table. Get some fries for the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also say because I'm probably not going to do a full MK Ultra report ever. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if, I don't know if like I could get through that without. You don't just, even like, want that crushing myself in self despair. Like right, because the fucked up, the most fucked up thing about MK Ultra is that it's one of like thirty different programs, and we only know about MK Ultra via like some clerical errors and mistakes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> little Caesars. Well, huh? hey, oh, also, yeah, little also, Caesars. Yeah, what's up? Also, Point Saint Esprit, uh, <laughs> a cabin maker. Okay. A cabin maker from there uh, was the father of Jacqueline Kennedy. So there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, did, we did it. All right. Everyone. Great. Well, <laughs> Niall, thanks for being here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We. Yeah. Uh, well, if, to do an awkward transition out of that, uh, hey, where can people find you on the Internet and the stuff that you do? What are you what are you up to? What you what's going on? Uh, yeah, so I'm Niall Joan Rivers on Twitch and Twitter.com. Uh, mm-hmm. I stream Magic the Gathering primarily. I also sometimes stream myself painting or playing other games, but mostly it's magic content. Niall's magic show called, uh, Whose Manas Is This? <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Great. You know? <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Goodbye, Christ. Goodbye, everyone. Anyway, hey. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening everybody uh you know leaving us a rating on whatever thing you're listening on that'd be great please do that um mm-hmm. some good show stuff is for our other shit he, he knows you know, all this by this point our show art and music is by zach russell their work can be found at sugar crash tats you can find me on twitter at the camdy man and you can find me on twitter at at victory position thanks again for listening everyone and remember decay exists as an extant form of life <laughs> <laughs>